0: Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center Podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. So anybody who just came in late, I didn't see who all came in, but make sure you get one of those sheets on the table. Everybody make sure you get a, a sheet and we're going to jump in to this. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be, really good. So I want to start with prayer, and then we'll just rock and roll. Um, hey, and if anybody wants to make their past encourage their pastor. They come sit in the front row right here. Come on, what's up? Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name, God. We honor you. We praise you, God. We honor you for who you are. You are good, and your mercy endures forever. You are faithful, and you are true. And the word of the Lord endures forever. And we thank you, God. And we pray tonight that you open our hearts and our minds. We present ourselves before you ready and willing to learn and to grow that your word would would sink into us, and would, we'd receive your word, Father, um, that you would just uh, increase us in our capacity to hear, understand, and obey your word. Uh, we want to be students, and we want to be disciples, God, and we want to uh, rightly divide this word of truth. And so we thank you for every household and every family represented here that you will help us receive, you will help us understand and you'll help us um, just apply your word, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so open up your Bible to John chapter 17. Uh, so I want to start a Tuesday night series for a number of weeks. I don't know exactly how long will last, and I'll take some breaks from it and have some other people come up and teach uh, here. And guys, what I plan on doing is... On a week that I'm going to have somebody else teach, I'm just going to tell you, somebody else, whoever it is, I'm going to say this person's teaching. Um, Because years ago, what I was taught is don't tell the people when you're going to miss because then they won't show up. But I know that they weren't thinking about you because you're not coming because I'm teaching. You're coming because of the word. And and so I, I but we will share those things because I want you to know when we're going to be talking about this subject. And then when we need to hear from other people in the in the church body who God is speaking to and speaking through. Because um, we're going to start this series about what does the Bible say? Hey, Barbie and Ken, y'all come up here real quick. Oh, you're right on time. Come on up here. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know, um, Kyle and Kayla, but i nicknamed nickname them Barbie and Ken. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so they're an amazing couple I, and they serve in faith kids and they're growing in the word and God's working in their life. And they came in a little late tonight and it's probably Ken's fault. Uh, but if it's not, don't just take it, man. Just take it. If it's not, you know. Yeah, it definitely was. Okay. So um, I, when I saw them walk by, I wanted you to see them for, for this reason, um, is I want you praying for them. I want you praying for them. They've got big decisions in their life that they're praying about, and they need the wisdom of God. And so I want you just praying for them. And you can go. Jesus knows. If you say Ken and Barbie, he knows who you're talking about. So that's how you can remember Kyle and Kayla. Praise the Lord. Go get your sheets and then you can sit down. Thank you. So John chapter 17, uh, I'm going to be starting a series called, um, I got to look at it, remind, remind myself what it is. Uh, what does the Bible say? So it's going to be, we're going to get into some stuff and we're going to have a little bit of interaction through some of it. And hopefully you'll, you'll speak up. Um, and what we're doing is we're also recording this audio so that the, wherever you get podcasts and you get Sunday sermons podcasts or you get the 10 at 10 podcast, you'll also be able to get this on podcast if there's a week that you miss or something like that. But my heart is, is to help you from, from my limited ability to help you understand the Bible So we're going to be getting into all kinds of stuff the next number of weeks of like, How do we trust the Bible? Why do we trust the Bible? What does the Bible say about the Bible? What does the Bible say about a number of things? Guys, we're going to get into what the Bible says about relationships. We're going to get into what the Bible says about sex. We're going to get into what the Bible says about every kind of issue. We're going to get into what does the Bible say about marriage? What does the Bible say about parenting? What does the Bible say about homosexuality? What does the Bible say? Um, uh, We'll get into what does the Bible say about abortion. We're going to get into all that because what I say about it really doesn't matter. But what the Word of God says about all these issues matters greatly. The Bible is, you know, the most sold, most translated book in the history of the world. So we need to know what the Bible says. Now, I don't want to have debates about stuff. I, there's, there's enough debates in the world. You can debate with God. You can debate with the Word. You, can, you don't have to agree with everything you know, that, that, that I bring up. or I'm going to always try to bring it up through Scripture. And I would love to have further conversation with you on any of these subjects. Uh, but I've talked to so many people in the last few months that are confused about what the Bible says. And that's alarming to me because you can sit in church and just nod your head and act like you know what you're talking about. But some people I've been talking with that I just it's like. Uh, and I come from this perspective of if I know it, I think everybody else knows it. I, I, that's really one of my default settings. And Sarah's always, you know, corrected me. And um, and by the way, we we through Sophie and Andrew have a new grandbaby um, that is, uh, that is, um, coming out of NICU, she's doing well, she has some stuff with her lungs, but she's doing really well, so Sarah's with them, and that's where she is tonight, and I think uh, got a good report like in the next day or two, she'll be going home, so we're excited about that. That's where Sarah is, but we're going to be getting into this word to really understand we need to, the, the biblical illiteracy in the church is not a good thing. The Word of God, in, in another scripture, it says, let the Word of God richly dwell in you. The Word of Christ dwell in you richly. But for some people, they have a a biblical poverty. And when you have a biblical poverty, you make your own Jesus. And you put Jesus in your image instead of who he really is. And nobody in this room likes to be misrepresented. And so you don't have to believe the Bible. You don't have to believe the Bible is the Word of God, but I think you you need at least to give it the, the, the effort of, let's see what it says. So tonight, what I want to talk about is how should we live in this world. Circle the word we if you're taking notes, because we, I'm talking to those who believe in Jesus, those who are disciples of Christ. That's who I'm aiming it at, because uh, that's who I believe is in the room tonight, and that's what I want to begin to do. So starting in John chapter 17, let me get my eyeballs on. John chapter 17, and for sake of time, we'll just start in verse 14. So John chapter 17, verse 14, when you got it, say got it. Okay, this is Jesus praying, okay? This is Jesus praying uh, to to the Father, and he says, I have given them your word. He was talking about the disciples and the apostles. I have given them your word. Word. Notice, notice that, that Jesus is not even saying it's his word. It's saying to, to the Father, it's your word. And Jesus said in another place, uh, the words I speak are not my own. Okay, so it all comes from the Father. So I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them, meaning the disciples, out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, which means set them apart, by your truth. Your word is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. And Sunday I talked about the the difference of um, a skeptical mindset and a skeptical, you know, skepticism and a skeptic. Their statement of truth is uh, we cannot trust any statement of truth, like with absolute certainty, like we cannot know there is truth with absolute certainty. So the problem with that is a skeptical mindset makes a statement of truth that says you cannot trust any truth with absolute certainty. And so if I apply that logic to that statement, it self-destructs. And and then we talked about the postmodernist mindset on Sunday. Hopefully, y'all remember this. Hopefully it's not, it's not new, but in case you slept on Sunday, here it is for the first time. That for a postmodern mindset, it it, it it talks about there is no absolute truth. The statement is there is no absolute truth. And that's a prevailing thought in our world. There is no absolute truth. Well, so think about that. A statement, again, a statement that says there is no... A statement of truth that says there is no absolute truth. If I use that logic that it's saying, then how can I believe that statement? It self-destructs. And so we have to look at truth and, and looking at the Word of God and, and to challenge it. No one, The Bible doesn't even want us to, to try to believe the Bible blindly. There's tons of evidence. So we don't need a blind faith. We don't need an empty faith. Matter of fact, a faith that is not anchored in truth is not real faith. It's hope. And so we need to look at at. At faith, and what Jesus is saying here is listen, I'm not, he's praying to the Father, and he's saying, I'm not of the world. And just as I am not of the world, they are not of the world. And just as I sent, uh, you sent me into the world. I'm sending them into the world. So, for a believer, for a disciple who believes Jesus is who he said he is, and if you believe the Bible, the thing I want you to get hold of tonight is you have to believe then this world is not your home. You've, heard, you've said it many times, you've heard it many times. We're in the world, but not, we're not of the world. So, look over in 1 John, and we're going to be in our Bible a lot tonight because that's kind of what Tuesday night is going to be about. And we're not going to put words on the screen. Um, I want you to look. JP was like, we could put words on the screen for the people trying to be nice and help y'all. And I'm like, no, they're going to grind it out. Paper cuts and all. Whether it's on your phone or in, in the paper version. I want you to see this. I want you to look at this. First John chapter 5. And because it's all good, I want you to start in verse 1. 1 John, which is back towards the back. Back towards Revelation. The same one who wrote the Gospel of John, that's the same apostle who wrote 1 John, and I want us to see this. 1 John 5, starting at verse 1. Man, I love hearing Bible pages turn. That's amazing. I love it. it I really, like, I need a, I couldn't have that, like, as a sleep thing because it'd keep me awake. But that's, I love that noise. Uh, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, meaning the Messiah, "...is born of God, and everyone who loves Him who begot, also loves Him who is begotten of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is is the love of God, that we keep His commandments." And his commandments are not burdensome. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. Verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. And who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I can preach any one of these scriptures. I could preach, I could pull stuff out and just have fun going through it, but I'm I'm kind of focusing on a point tonight. How should we live in this world? So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so... And Jesus is sitting here teaching us that if, that if we, or the Bible is teaching us here in 1 John 5, that if we believe in Jesus, we love him, we keep his commandments, and we're born of God, we're born again through faith in Christ, that we've already overcome the world. But the problem is, so we've, we've already overcome, through faith in Christ, we've already overcome a world that we have been placed into, but the problem is most of us are not living as overcomers. We're being overcome by things that in Christ we've already overcome, but we're not overcoming it. And there's a reason why. we got to be responsible with the word of God. So God has already won the fight. God has already done the work. But we need to step in and and take hold of um, the love of God by keeping his commandments, not out of our effort and out of our our strength, but out of our surrender and submission to his strength by walking in this and and understanding this. So, So I want you to see that if you're being overcome with things in the world, if you're being overcome with things in the world, if you're being overcome by realities in the world, which we all have struggles, there's not one of us in here who does not Struggle. But if we're being overcome with things in the world, the first thing to check, we need to come around people who are struggling, we need to support people who are struggling, but listen to me, if you're struggling, and if you feel like you're being overcome, God has given you a grace, God has given you a power, God has given you an authority, God has given you a responsibility that you can change your life if you want to. And not in your power, not in your strength, but in your submission to God. You've heard me say it many times, the difference in who I am now and who I was many years ago is I used to submit my life to drugs and alcohol. And now the same energy, the same focus, the same brain, the same mouth, the same hands, the same feet, the same attention, that I, the same time that I gave drugs and alcohol and sin, the only thing that's changed in my life is I now give that and surrender that to Jesus. Change your seed, you change your harvest. And it's, it's changed by, by the word. Uh, look and just make a little left, 1 John 4. I want you to see this, and hopefully the Holy Spirit showing you some things. 1 John 4, and looking at verse 4 through 6. You are of God, little children. And like Cameron said, that's where we all start. We start with as babes in Christ. We don't start off mature in Christ. When we get born again, you start off as a babe. And we need milk, and we need bread, and we need to, to grow into the things of the Lord. But that the growth happens, um, not automatically, the growth happens by us taking responsibility to the Word of God. That's how we grow. And, and so he says, little children, that's how it starts, little children. And uh, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because... Uh, And he's talking about the the spirit that's working in the world. Because he who is in you, meaning Christ, Jesus, who is in you, is greater than he who is in the world. You know, there are certain times in my life when I've really... You know what you believe, not by primarily by what you do. You can tell what somebody believes by their actions. They may say one thing and do another, and whether, whenever there's an inconsistency, always believe the actions. Actions speak louder than words. Words are important, but actions speak louder than words. And so there's been times in my life, believe it or not, uh, because I know you all think I'm just perfect pastor and perfect Christian, But times in my life where I have struggled with things like depression. And I have struggled with feeling like a failure. And it's verses like that. That when I don't feel like getting up. Verses like that. That... I don't feel like doing it. I feel like a failure. I feel like it's just, it's worthless. And everything in me just feels hopeless and feels helpless. And and what happens in those times is I've trained myself to know the word. And so what I do is I go to verses like that and I don't have to go look them up and I don't have to ask Google because I've put the word in my heart. And so on days like that and on times like that, I just start speaking it. I just start speaking it. I get up. I start raising my hand. I don't feel like praising. I don't feel like getting up out of bed. I don't feel like doing that. But I get up and I lift my hands and I start walking. I take action and I start walking around and I start saying, you know, things like this verse and the other verses. I am in this world, but I'm not of this world and I ain't going to be in this world for long. And God, I trust you and I bless you and I honor you and I'm not going to let today defeat me. I'm not going to let this world overcome me because greater is he that is in me than he who is in this world. So I might be being threatened, I might be being attacked, I might be persecuted, there might be disagreements, but something has to rise up in you if you're going to go from a baby Christian to a mature Christian to take responsibility of God's Word and believe believe the Word of God and believe that, you know what, He who is in me is greater, greater than addiction, greater than depression, greater than any of it. The problem is we have a group of Christians now, especially in the American Church, that are not working the word, they're not obeying the word, they're not, they're not trusting the Word. and so they're going to all the worldly help they can to find, to find all that they can, ha- all the help they can find in the world. And there are times that you can find some good help in this world. I'm not against that. But the ultimate help that you need is the one that heaven sent. Not the one that came through the pharmacy. I'm okay with that stuff for a season. I'm okay with that stuff for a reason. But your ultimate focus has to be Him. And so some people who are not willing to be responsible with Scripture end up being dependent upon prescriptions. Prescriptions. Do not misunderstand me. If you're on prescription, do not walk away. Pastor John's against prescriptions. No. Look, Pastor John used to be a street pharmacist, okay? What I'm saying is for a season or for a reason, but don't, don't be faithful to your pharmacist and not be faithful to your great physician. Come to the Lord. He's he's greater than anything in this world. And and then look, since we're in 1 John, look over at 1 John 2. Actually, hang on. Hang on. I wasn't finished. I wasn't finished. There's a scripture I wanted to share. 1 John 4. Sorry. 1 John 4. uh, We we read verse 4. Let's look at verse 5 and 6. They, and he's talking about the spirits of the antichrist. That are working in the world, spirits that are at work in the world. So they are of the world, therefore they speak as the world. Because who are they of? The world. And the world hears them. We, there's the we, we are of God those who have been born again, those who say Jesus is my Lord, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Notice truth and lies are both spirits. Spirits. You have to test the spirits. So First John chapter 2. Man, I think we should show up some nights and just turn our Bible pages. Make us, make us at least look saved. Good stuff. First John chapter 2. Oh. Starting in verse, I had 15... Yeah, okay, we'll just go 15 through 17. Oh, the whole chapter's good. 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. And the lust of it, but he who does, he who does the will of God abides forever. So, and I wrote on your sheet there in a different translation, I wrote it um, the New Century version, just uh, I want you to see this. These are the ways of the world, wanting to please our sinful selves wanting the sinful things we see, that's the lust of the eyes, and being too proud of what we have, meaning we're trusting in what we have. And so how do you match this scripture with John three sixteen, where it says, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Because it sounds like it's saying two different things. Do not love the world, but then God so loved the world. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the three, those are the three root temptations all through the Bible. They're, they're, they're the three root temptations that Satan used, that the serpent used in Genesis. It's the same temptations that Jesus was tempted with. And they're the three temptations here that talk about the world. They're the three root temptations. Every temptation known to man falls in those three categories. There's three falls in those three categories. And so what the Bible is, is teaching us is that we must not love the world, but yet God says he lo- so loved the world he sent his only begotten son. So the only way to make those two matches to really understand what he's saying, which is he, God so loved the world he sent his only begotten son, meaning God so loved the people in the world. God so loved the people in the world. And that's where we misrepresent Christ to the world and people who don't know him and don't believe in him. And they think all Christianity is a bunch of rules and a bunch of a bunch of judgmental people, a bunch of whatever. But they don't realize that we, 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 are, we were sinners who needed a savior and our life was just as messed up. We were just as lost as anybody else. And we needed Jesus and we our eyes were open to see what he did that God sent him because he loved us. And so we're just loved by God and we love him back through obedience. Taking him at his word. And we believe what the Bible says. And we're going to get into like next week, why would I trust the Bible over the Quran? Why would I trust the Bible over the Hindu writings? If you have any literary history, uh, history any sense of any kind of writing whatsoever it is completely illogical to trust any other writing over the bible if you really study it out and we we'll get into that next week but the thing that that is is i want us to get here is god so loved the world but then so he loves the people of the world but what he's saying is don't love the values of the world Don't love the things that the world prioritizes because the world is not our home. So if we judge things according to here and now and according to just this world, we're we're skewing everything. We're misunderstanding stuff. So say you've lost a loved one. And you're like, God, why did you take them from me? You're judging things from a faulty perspective. The, the true perspective is anyone who dies in Christ, they're not dead. They live forever. And so um, understanding this, that, that we, he's saying that we should love the people in the world, but we don't love the value system and the worldly priorities and worldly perspective. Y'all, you see what I'm saying with that? We don't love the things in the world. So with that in mind, I want to tell you as disciples of Christ, a few things that we must do. As disciples of Christ, a few things that we must do. Number one, we must not follow a culture that is not following Jesus. We must not follow a culture that is not following Jesus. We can't do that. Culture may be loud. But just because somebody is loud doesn't mean they're true. And so you can look up scriptures on your own time there. Luke 9, 23. Jesus said, not somebody else. Jesus said this. And this is why you got to understand the Bible, you know, If you believe the Bible to to be true, it has the record of what Jesus said by the eyewitnesses who were there with him. So you cannot believe in Jesus. It's okay for you if you do not believe in Jesus, but don't put words in his mouth. And what he said, if anyone, anyone, who does that mean? Anyone. If anyone desires to come after me, to follow me, meaning be my disciple, Anyone who desires to come, come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So the Christian walk, being in this world, but not of this world, means I'm constantly denying my flesh. Do I have ungodly desires? Yes, and so do you. Do they rule my life? No. Do I take authority over them in Jesus' name? Absolutely. Do I walk in victory through Christ? Absolutely. But does my flesh, am I prone to different temptations? Yes, and so are you. But we have to grow up in Christ and walk in these things, and that's what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. You can study that out. Most of y'all should know what that verse says. Says it like for real, like I'm not judging anybody. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to teach us. I'm trying to teach us. If you don't know right now without looking in your Bible, if you don't know what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, listen to me. I love you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not condemning you. This is like this is like word university is what we're going to be doing on Tuesday nights. Okay. don't drop out. This is word university. You're going to get educated. Okay. word university. It's an education that brings transformation is what we're going to do. If you don't know right now, at least half or at least part can kind of put it together about what Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says. You need to study your Bible a whole lot more. You're behind. You like need remedial training. Unless you're you're brand new saved, unless you've been saved in the last month or two, If you've been going to church for a while and you don't know what that says, listen, then you're going to have to do what I did when I tried to go to college. I went into college and said, "Uh, Mr. Aiken, you have to take this exam. I took the exam. I had like a a 10th grade level. (laughs) They said, well, before you get into college, you're going to have to do the pre-college thing. Well, how many credits do I get for that? None. So don't, don't take Don't beat yourself up because I'm not beating you up. What I'm trying to say is the seriousness of, listen, you are of a world that you are not in, but you are in a world that you are not of. And in order for you to walk in full capacity of why God has you here in this life right now, you need to open up to who he is and what he has and what he has made you to be so you can walk in the fullness of the identity that he gave you and not fall into a lesser identity that somebody bases upon the color of your skin or somebody bases upon some external thing. All those things are factors that are God-given that are, that are good when they're put into their proper perspective. So Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See, the will of God is the word of God. The will of, well, how do I know what God wants for my life? It's right here. It's right here. I need a prophet. I need a prophet to speak right here. Right here. And so, are you going to conform, be a conformist to the world around you? And there are many churches that are doing that that they're conforming to fit into culture. And culture is leading them. And this is not the first generation that's happened in. It's happened for thousands of years. This is the first generation that it's happened with with social media. But it's not the first generation it's happened in. And so we want to be transforming through renewing of our mind To the word of God and the will of God, knowing who he is, knowing who he is in me, therefore, knowing who I am, knowing who I am, knowing what I have, meaning what he's given me, knowing where he's leading me, knowing what he's leading me from and what he's leading me to. We've got to know those things. If not, you'll fall, you'll fall into all these different traps. Does that make sense? So, if you're liking it so far, say amen. Okay. I don't know. Do you realize that before I jump into this next part, because I haven't really cranked up yet. So, before I jump into this next part, I'm just going to confess to you. Um, I like to be liked by people, I'm a nice guy, I think. I like people. I like to be liked by people. I contend if I, if I get too in the flesh, I'll become a people pleaser sometimes. I like to be liked by people. I, I like all that kind of stuff. But when I come into the Word of God and know the calling on my life, and there's times to speak the truth in love, to not speak the truth in judgment and condemnation, but passionately speak the truth in love. That there comes a point where there's a line that, you, that it's hard to do because it's rough. And we'll talk about this maybe in a few minutes. But I would rather love you and lead you by telling you a truth that you need to hear, even though you don't want to hear it. But know this, any truth that I tell you, it was first told to me by him. So I'm not telling you anything that I have not brought through my own life, looked in a mirror, bent on my knees, and say, Lord, may it be done in me first. Because I don't want to stand before God of preaching something I did not live. Not that I'm perfect, because I fumble, stumble, and fail just like anybody else. The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. So, the thing I want you to see as disciples that we can't follow that culture that's not following Jesus. And the three sources of authority, circle that word authority, because there's three sources of authority, basic sources. I could probably list four or five, but basic sources of authority that we all face in this world. One is external. The first one is external. And that's the voice around me. That means everyone's saying. Everyone's talking. Everybody says this. Everybody says that. That's the external voices around me. And if you are led by the voices around you, you're already in trouble. If you are a most of the people in church, I'm not saying this church specifically, I'm t- talking broadly to, the, to the, the body of Christ. Most of the people in church on a Sunday morning are held prisoner and captive to the opinions of others. Because they don't know what the Word says. They don't know what the Word says. And so, who's ever the loudest voice, or ever has the most voices around them saying the same thing, they tend to believe what everybody else is saying. Well, everybody's saying it. Everybody's saying it. That, that should be a danger sign. <laughs> if everybody's saying it in this world. Because we're not of this world world and so Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 what he said to his disciples is he said hey who do they who do the people you know who, who do they say that I am and I love how he asked this question because when he said who do they say that I am he was asking it's like me coming to Donna and saying Donna uh, who do the people you run with who do they say that if I'm Jesus let's say I'm Jesus and I come to Donna who do they say that I am now, I'm not dealing with them. I'm dealing with the opinion of them that's residing in Donna. And so I'm saying, who do they say that I am? And Donna's like, well, they say, <laughs> they say that, you know, you this. And they say, you all. okay, so right now, Jesus, as a wise master teacher, is asking a question. Who do they say that I am? And, and then she's starting to answer all the questions. And Jesus is saying what what is lingering in her mind and heart. And then he says, the paraphrase to Donna is, who am I to you? So he first dealt with the superficial, what does everybody say, and he came down to the next one, who am I to you? Who am I to you? So that's that Matthew 16 verse that you can study a little bit more on your own. Uh, The the second thing is going to to you. It's, It's the internal, the internal voice, the voice inside me, the internal voice, the voice that says I say or I feel or I want or I think. My truth is my truth. Don't be changing my truth. My truth is my truth. This is what I believe. That is dangerous. And I used to live that way. I used to live that way, and there's, and and I'm not saying this mean. I'm saying this factually, like trying to be factual. When when I was living in that kind of mindset of just doing what I want, this is what I say, this is what I feel. Don't try to confront me. Don't try to you ain't the boss of me. That, that kind of stuff. Who are you? Who are you to tell me? Who are you? Who do you think you are? That that kind of stuff. I lived with that attitude for years, and there's one biblical word for it rebellion but there's this voice an authoritative voice it's either externally the people around me or it's internally the voice inside of me and what I say but Proverbs chapter 3 some of y'all know what this says it says that that you should not uh when in, in the whole chapter in context is 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 talking about the wisdom of God and it's you acknowledging God in every in everything that you do and not leaning to your own understanding. And I've said it for years, if you're leaning on your own understanding, you're in the first phase of falling. You're in the first phase of falling. You need to go what does the word say? What does the word say? What does the Bible say? Man, that is a great question. Before you make anything, any decision, what does the Bible say? Well, I don't care what the Bible says. I'm gonna do what I want. Jesus loves me, rebel. You know what this is? No, not loser. <laughs> Y'all are so judgmental. No, <laughs> this this little thing right here you do before had uh, Tim Bat showed me that years ago. That means a lightning rod. So when you say like someone's a, you know, a rebel, like, uh, one guy told me one time, (laughs) I can't say what he said. I'm in church. Uh, but he said something that a rebel would say. And I kind of put that up like lightning rod. I'm walking away from him. I don't, I don't want to be around him when that happens. So it's a rebellious heart is, is what I'm talking about. And, and so the other one that I said there in, in, uh, Proverbs 26, 12, and that one says, if you see if a, someone who's wise in their own eyes, someone who's wise in their own eyes, there's more hope for a fool than them. And culture is wise in their own eyes. See, that's a self-centered perspective. So the third authority is Eternal. So, you get external, internal, and eternal. And it's the voice above me because Isaiah Isaiah 55 8 and 9 talks about my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your ways. So, God's ways are higher. So, it's the voice above me. It's God's voice. It's what God says. And the Bible is the record given to us about what God says. And we'll get into next week how we got it and why you, you should trust it and all that kind of stuff. But I just want you to see that also 2 Corinthians uh, uh, 2 uh, 14 uh, talks about is that first or 2 Corinthians? Something tells me that's first. Is it second? Is that verse really? Well, y'all ain't know the verse. Well, maybe you do. If you do, I'm impressed. Uh, so it says the natural-minded man does not receive the things of God. Um, I just got to check real quick, see if it's first or second. All right. Oh, see, it's first. Who did this sheet? <laughs> no, I'm going to throw Sarah under the bus. <laughs> I did this sheet. So it's 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. I'm glad I, I knew something seemed wrong about that. But the natural-minded man does not receive, cannot receive the things from God. It doesn't make sense to him. It doesn't make sense to him, and it's a whole awesome thing in that chapter. So when you turn your notes over, the second thing I want you to know, that if we're going to be disciples of Christ, we must know what the Bible says. We must know what the Bible says. That's why we're doing this This. Teaching over the next number of weeks of what the Bible says about blank. We're just going to start looking at some of this stuff and see what does the Bible say. And then you can wrestle with that and you can get your arms around that and align your life to what the Bible says. Uh, that scripture there, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, we'll look at that more next week. But it says all scripture is God breathed. And is valuable for teaching truth, convicting of sin, uh, correcting faults, and training in right living. Thus anyone who belongs to God uh, may be fully equipped for every good work. And I want you to see this, this verse here in Ephesians. I put this in here because I felt like God wanted me to share this with you. Uh, flip with me to Ephesians. I love this verse here in Ephesians. Are you all okay? You're doing all right? There's light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to be going soon. Ephesians. This is just just really good stuff. This is like the stuff I do when I'm at home just reading and I just go to these scriptures and love these things. So Ephesians chapter 5, looking at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectfully, meaning carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many can say amen? Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will, understand what the word of the Lord is. Because God's word is his will, his will is his word. If it ain't in his word, it ain't in his will. Verse 18 and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, which speaks to a couple different things. One of them is a complete waste, but be filled with the Spirit. So we see two things. We need God's Word, we need God's Spirit, and we need to be wise. We need to understand what the Word of the Lord is, what the will of God is. We live in evil days. We're easily easily distracted by the external voices. I mean, think about it. What authority is driving your life? What authority... What authority is driving your life? Is it what they say? Is it what I say? Like you as a person, like don't tell me I, 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 you know, I'm my own person, and I'm and or or is it an authority from from God that you can that's proven and tested and tried? That is that the word of the Lord endures forever. A verse we'll look at the flower. Withers and or the flower fades, grass withers, flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And that's why we need to be in his word. So number three, play offense without being offensive. If we're going to be disciples of Christ in this world, how should we live in this world? How should we live in this world? If we're going to be disciples of Christ, we must play offense without being offensive offensive. That scripture there, you should know it. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is the great commission. It's go into all the world go into all the world. We need to be going. We need to be active. We need to, we need, we don't need to be passive. Uh, We don't need to go try to start something without God. We don't need to go try to do something without God, but we also need to realize that he has sent us in this world. Just like we read earlier, Jesus was praying, Father, you sent me into this world and I am not of this world just like, or they are not of the world just as I am not of the world because I've sent them in to the world. In another scripture Jesus said to his disciples as the father has sent me so I send you. So every day we should end our day coming back to the house and saying thank you God for sending me today. Did you go to work or were you sent to work? No matter even if you're retired be sent. Did you go to Hardee's or were you sent to Hardee's? (laughs) Be sent to wherever you go. Be sent. You're representing the Lord. This world is not your home. Retirement in the sense of retiring from from the Great Commission should not be part of your plan. Retiring from work, fine. But retiring from the Great Commission is not part of the plan. I should always be going. I should always be on the offense. But it doesn't give me a right to be offensive. That does not represent Jesus well. And the the next one, um, play defense without being defensive. And this is where I want you to look at. And I know (laughs) I'm going to be wrapping up in a second, but I promise you in my mind, I was going to get to this verse in about 15 minutes. Y'all pray for me. But look in 1 Peter. I love this chapter. 1 Peter chapter 3. We need to play defense without being defensive. I'll explain it a little bit more here in a second. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 8. And I'm just going to read for a minute and then we'll talk about it. Verse 8. Finally, all of you. Be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, even your enemies, by the way, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit or receive a blessing. And that it's quoting from Psalm chapter 34 For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit or lies. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord, meaning the presence of the Lord, is against those who do evil. Verse 13, And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake. We're not talking about suffering for stupid. Suffer for righteousness sake. You are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats. Nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord. Meaning set the Lord apart in your hearts. And always. How often? Be ready to give a defense. To everyone. Who asks you. A reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. No doubt everyone in this room has suffered for doing evil. But well, we're talking about suffering for doing good. And this word defense here in verse 15, I've got the definition written there for the word defense. It's close to the root word of what we would say is apology. What we would say apology, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean what we think the word apology means. Apology means we apologize for something like I'm sorry for this. That's not what the, this word means. That word in in the original language was not like I'm sorry, you know, for something. It actually means a verbal defense, a well-reasoned answer. A thought out response showing compelling evidence. It's where we get the modern word where we use uh, um, apologetics, where you're actually defending the gospel. We should always be defending the gospel without being defensive. See, once you make it about you, you get defensive. Once you take it personal, you get defensive. And then it's like, oh, you want to talk? Okay. You, want, you know, then it's like you want to do something about it. It's, but Jesus said they persecuted me. they're going to persecute you. See the gospel may offend people but I should never be offensive. The gospel used to offend me. I was like why are you who, who are you trying to tell me truth? Well, who made you king? Well they weren't King, they were representing a king. So, the gospel will sometimes offend people that don't understand or are not in relationship with god but we that never gives us a right to be offensive and we are to defend the faith with our lives not just our mouths with what we do not with what we only with what we say with what we do and the majority of the reason why people aren't coming to Christ by the thousands is cuz of the way most Christians live. We're not representing Christ well. Not all of us. Matter of fact, there's only one person in the room. You want me to point him out to you? You know kidding. <laughs> And so the, the, I want to stir in your hearts, like, how shall we live in this world? How, the, we don't know how much longer we have. Some, of you have. some of you have 50 years. Some of you have 60 years. Some of you may have a week. Some of you may have a day. Some of you may have hours. How shall we live in this world? You know, that's up to you. That's up to you. How shall we live in this world? It's totally up to you. And when you stand before the Lord at at that final and last day, when you meet Him and you stand before Him, it's going to be going over this stuff. The word that He spoke is what's going to judge us on the last day, the Bible says. And our life should be that defense. Our life should be the thing that stands up without having to yell, without having to fight, without having to attack. We can argue without attacking. We can speak without dominating. We can, we can be persecuted and reviled. And, and, and we may suffer persecution. You know what? It, people may, may hate us and they may come against us. I remember when I first in the military, when I first started following Christ, I didn't know. I thought I was catching up to the rest of the world. Like I really, when I first gave my life to Christ, it was so new to me. I was so it profoundly affected me that I went into my military place and the unit I was at and I went in just talking about Jesus. I wasn't preaching at people. I was just like, "Man, I got saved." Praise the Lord. And they all started looking at me funny. And I literally thought that maybe they were they were looking at me funny because they were thinking, "Well, about time." Are you just now catching up to this? But then they stopped hanging out with me. I'd show up, you know, for lunch and they'd go sit at another table. And it was the loneliest time in my life because I was dropped like a hot potato. And no one wanted anything to do with me. But so what I did is I jumped into the Word. And one of my hardest times became one of my best times. And my wilderness became a fountain of life. And that's where I remembered that, that's where I found that Jesus is my most important relationship. And, and so, in this world, when we represent Christ and we're being on offense and we have a good offense and we have a good defense without being offensive and without being defensive, we will be persecuted. We will be misunderstood. We will be hated. There are households that will be separated. Doesn't give you a right to be offensive. Doesn't give you a right to be defensive. Every time you speak the truth, it has to be in love. Without force, manipulation. Uh, Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the world. There is a day of judgment. But Jesus said, I didn't come to judge the world. And so we got to walk in these things. So the last thing is this. We need to be an ambassador for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20. You can read that whole chapter later if you want. But there's four things that I just want to pull out to you. As an ambassador for Christ, as a representative for Christ. The first one is you got to be pastoral. Be pastoral to your family. And what I mean by that is pastor your family. Pastor your family. I have at times in my life, Put the church above my family, and I regret every second of it. Pay dearly for it. Don't put the church above your family. Don't put your family above the Lord, but don't put the work of the church above your family. Pastor your family. How should we live in this world? Pastor your family. You know that verse in Joshua 24, 15? Hopefully some of y'all know what it is. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. The second one is be partners to the saints. The saints, everyone who's born again is a saint. Everyone, according to the Bible, everyone who is born again through faith in Christ is a saint. So we need to be partners with the saint. We need to protect one another. We need to support one another. We don't need to be backbiting and fighting with one another. We may disagree on certain things, and that's okay to have different opinions and different stuff, but the one thing it should be that we should agree on is who our Father is and what our purpose is and what our calling is, that we've all been saved by the blood of the Lamb. We've all been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Different churches do it different ways. People worship different ways. There's all kinds of differences, and that's Okay. But we, we have the same Father and have the same calling, have the same purpose. We need to support one another. We, that scripture that I write down there, wrote down there is Jesus saying, love one another as I have loved you. And when you love one another the way I have loved you, the world will know you are my disciples. So let's partner together with one another to be people of the word. The third one is we need to be prophetic to society. And what I mean by that is our lifestyle. Don't go go walking around, I'm a prophet, I'm going to speak a word. How about just obey the word? How about just obey the word? But your lifestyle needs to be prophetic. And that's what it says in Zechariah. The the prophet Zechariah was speaking to the people on behalf of God saying, return to the Lord. Return. Let your life be a sign that points back to Jesus. Let your actions be a road map that takes people right back to Jesus. Now, whether they follow or not is beside the point. But don't change your sign because of their reaction. So we need to be prophetic to society. Don't let society be prophetic to you. And the last one, look, we're about done, is be preachers to sinners. And that word preach or preaching is a word that means to share the good news. If you really love somebody, you will tell them about what Jesus has done. That scripture there in Romans 10 is how will they they hear if someone is not sent? How are they going to hear if someone's not sent to preach? How beautiful are the feet of those who stand upon the mountain and proclaim our God reigns. And so we need to preach with our lifestyle. So with the prophetic thing, we need to be Jeremiah-like, the weeping prophet. We don't need to be the angry prophet. We should be passionate, but we don't need to be angry at people. You can have a sense of confrontation against the spirits of darkness, but always have a sense of compassion for people. And so we need to be the weeping prophet who's praying over them. And before we preach, we need to pray. I used to tell teenagers all the time. I don't know if you remember it, but I used to tell teenagers or you used to tell teenagers all the time. Before you go talk to your friends about Jesus, talk to Jesus about your friends. You need to be praying because you're on assignment, and, and, and you're sent. So what we're going to do over the next few weeks, or next, I don't know how many weeks it's going to be, we're going to cover a lot of different topics. And I hope I didn't wear you out on the first night, uh, but because it's, it's going to be a little bit like Bible school. And I'm going to give you notes every time, so you can go back and look at it later. And I'm speaking to disciples of Christ. I'm speaking to those who I believe have ears to hear. If you have questions, or you have things that you want to you know, talk about, um, I'll be glad to, you can set up a meeting with me. We can talk about different things. If you're just wanting to debate, um, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. If you're having an honest discussion of trying to say, okay, I want to know why you said this or why the Bible says this, I'm wide open to hear that. Wide open to hear that. Um, I've learned that some people, they just want to argue. And I don't have time for that because I believe there's people who are really hungry and really searching. And I want to take a minute, and I just want to pray over you. If you don't mind, stand to your feet, please. And guys, uh, my my plan is to always let y'all out by 745 at the latest. And I know it's a long time to be in here, but uh, you sit through movies that long. So... Um, Next week we'll be talking about um, what does the Bible say about the Bible and understanding where it came from and all that kind of stuff. So I just want to pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every family and every person that's here tonight. And I thank you, Lord, um, that you help all of us. Help me, help every one of us as we go through the rest of this week to Remember things that we've heard. Help us as we look at these notes and look at these things, uh, the Holy Spirit, that you would help us um, to understand truth, to understand the heart of the Father, to understand the will of God, to understand the truth that is in Jesus. And help us, God, help us come out of agreement with the lies that we have learned to live with. Help us come out of agreement with with the behaviors that we feel trapped in Help us take the right action that breaks through the walls. I just sense that. I just sense that there are people that if you are ready and if you will take action by faith, listen to me, if you will take action by faith on what God's Word says, even though you still have questions about it, instead of waiting on God to do something unique and special for you, take action on God's word and what we've talked about and you will experience breakthrough. You have been a prisoner to the opinions of others and your opinions of yourself. But when you come to the Word of God, you come to Jesus who is the truth, you abide in His Word, and His Word abides in you, and you take action, obedient action in His Word, the truth will set you free and your life can be totally different. If you are willing, He is able. So Father, I pray, breakthrough breakthrough by your word over every life and every family in Jesus name. Amen. Thank y'all for coming. Go build the kingdom. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.